good day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the unshakable rock of Holy Scripture? Welcome to a brand new podcast week. Uh, This is the uh, first day of uh, the next five days of recording and I hope that this will serve as a spur to kind of help you along in your walk with the Lord. I consider a lot of topics and a lot of Bible verses when I'm doing this and I try to vary it a lot. Uh, there's so much to to explore in the scriptures. One of those famous areas that I've always wanted to be able to preach a series on in my church is uh, something along the lines of uh, famous questions of the Bible, great questions of the Bible, questions that are out there that are just kind of hung out in the in the Bible that uh, really cause you to think and to ponder what's been said. Today is one of those great questions, actually, and I may make this a regular feature on the podcast from week to week, and uh, along with uh, things like hymn histories to just be able to explore great questions of the Bible, because really, they're there for you to really think about, isn't it? That's why they're placed there in the first place, so that uh, you might give thought. I I remember that passage of scripture in the uh, Gospel of John. John was very famous for this. Uh, because he would leave a question hanging out there, and it practically begs the reader to really think deeply about what event they just witnessed as they read through the uh, the narrative, the, the record there. One of those is when John says, uh, it was right after Jesus had healed a blind man uh, who had been blind from birth. And of course, uh, John records the discussion, the the, the uh, discussion between the people that were there and were observing the miracle. And uh, there were people debating, "Who is this guy? What what what? Who who would be able to do this kind of thing?" And uh, the question is asked by John: uh, Can uh, can uh, uh, is it possible? How can a blind man come to a point where he sees? For the first time, and it just prompts you to ask, uh, answer that question with a way it only had to be an answer. It only had, it only could be, by the very hand of God. So there are a number of questions that we want to explore as time allows, and as the Lord tarries, we'll spend some time with it. Today is one of those questions that I want to begin with because to me, it's one of the most famous questions that stands out in my mind. Hopefully, it will for you too. It comes from the book of Romans. The Apostle Paul, of course, is writing to the Roman Christians. He's laying out uh, uh, the whole plan of salvation and why we need to be saved and how we're not saved and how we are saved. And uh, uh, the Apostle Paul spends a lot of time uh, reflecting on those truths and teaching us those things that are important. So our verse today, our great, great question of the Bible comes from Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Uh, The Bible says here in this passage, uh, in response to everything that's been written before, Paul asks this question, what shall we say that, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Um, What a remarkable question. And what that question does is beg you to go back and look at what just came before it. Because what Paul is asking you as a reader to do, to, uh, to do uh, in the question, what is it again? What shall we then say to these things? What are these things? We're going to look at that in a second. If God before us, 
who can be against us. I love the eighth chapter of Romans because it fills me with such confidence and assurance and a sense of feeling loved, a sense of being just uh, drawn to the Savior, uh, drawn to the heart of God because of his care and his concern in making sure that my salvation is something that that I can be confident and secure in. When Paul says that question, asks that question, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? In other words, what conclusion can you draw from what he just wrote at the beginning of Romans chapter 8? Well, to answer that, we have to go back to the beginning of Romans 8. And all I'm going to do is just uh, uh, refer you to some things that just stand out in the passage. I'm not going to try to elaborate on each verse. I want you to just hear some of these things that Paul writes about is true of somebody who is a genuine believer, somebody who has actually put their faith in Christ. He says in verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. That's right off the bat, right out of the gate in chapter 8 of Romans. Uh, The apostle Paul says, there's no judgment for you if you're found in Christ. In fact, he goes on to verse 2 and, say, and says that you are free as a result from the penalty of sin and death, that sin and death have been overcome by Christ. That's why if you're in Christ, that victory is yours. Verses 3 and 4 said, in actuality, there's no condemnation in you because you have been made righteous by the blood of the Lamb. You have been made righteous. You have been made in a right standing before the living God. And then verses 9, 10, and 11 say that you have confidence because of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. In other words, every one of these verses is like a a hammer nailing a, a, a nail home to get to the, something that you can anchor to. He goes on in verses 12 to 14 that you are made sons of God. These are things that God does for you. No condemnation, no judgment. You're free from sin and death. You're made righteous by Christ. You have the indwelling uh, presence of the Holy Spirit. You're made a son of God. You are adopted into his family. Verse 16, the Spirit himself testifies that that's the case because he dominates and lives in your heart. As a result, verse 17 says, you're an heir of Christ. Uh, You're a joint heir with him. You have all of the privileges of being a part of the family of God. Verse 18, you have the hope of a glory that's given to you in heaven. Uh, Verse 26, you have the presence of the Spirit that helps you in your weaknesses and in your infirmities, Um, particularly in your prayer life, that that Spirit helps you and He carries you along. Those times when you don't even feel like you're saved, the Holy Spirit is there to minister to you. And then, of course, in verses 28 to 30, that famous passage, and we we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. In other words, what you have is God's plan is for your complete salvation. 
And that plan is such that he's working everything out in your life and he's harmonizing all things together. Yes, even the dark and the troublesome things, even the struggles that we go through life, God is using those in order to complete your salvation, to make you what you ought to be, to make you literally, verse 29 says, conform to the image of his son. That's what God's done for you. God has expended every effort in order for you to be saved. So, that brings you to that great question in Romans chapter 8. And as you go to work today, as you go about your activities, wherever it is your responsibility lies, don't you ever forget this. When Paul says, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If all of the wisdom and the power of God has been set to accomplish your salvation, you don't have to doubt whether or not he loves you or whether or not he's going to provide everything you need to see you through so that you can be found faithful to him. If God be for us, who can be against us? He who is infinitely wise has made it his undertaking to direct us to empower us. He who is infinitely powerful will protect you and keep you. He who is infinitely good will save you. There is no amount of cunning or malice or, uh, or, or power in this world uh, against his wisdom and his power and his goodness. There's none. You are safe in the love of God. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And not only that, uh, he will not allow you to sustain any kind of battle damage by the persecution of people who hate the Lord. Um, matter of fact, even all those things will work out for your good. He loves you today. If you're a believer, you're walking in the footsteps of Christ, you can be very confident of the fact uh, that God has done everything in his means to be make it possible for you to be with him in eternity. I'm so glad of that. I'm so happy because, you know what? My strength plays out, and I'll bet yours does too from time to time. You just grow tired spiritually. But I'm here to assure you by the authority of the word of God on this first podcast day, the lift your head up, put your eyes on Jesus Christ, and be confident that he's going to carry you through today. Be excited about that. He doesn't get caught by surprise. He knows exactly what's going on, and he's going to carry you through to the end that he's appointed for you. God bless you today. Live excited. Live expectantly. Live looking forward to that time with Christ, but be happy about what he's doing for you now. God bless you. 